Welcome to Podcast on Podcasting, brought to you by Studio. We're your go-to resource for big ideas, helpful data, and practical tips on the art of corporate podcasting. The MIT Technology Review dubbed today's guest the prophet of habit-forming technology. He is the author of the best-selling book, Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products. In addition to blogging at his website, nearandfar.com, he puts his money where his mouth is, investing in tech companies, including Refresh.io, acquired by LinkedIn, Eventbrite, Product Hunt, and Marco Polo, just to name a few. Our guest today is Nir Eyal. Welcome to the show, Nir. Thank you. It's great to be here. I, I am really, really uh, it's excited to talk to you because I, I, I'm not sure what to think about you, if I'm totally honest. It's because <laughs> okay. I'm like, Tell me Nir, more. Nir is a guy that I want on my team. But if Nir is not on my team, I'm not sure what <laughs> Nir is up to. <laughs> That's an interesting description. I mean, it's funny because uh, Matt Mullenweg, who was the guy who helped start uh, Word, WordPress, he gave me an endorsement for my book, and he said, uh, "Hook gives you the br- blueprint for the next generation of products. Read Hooked, or the company that replaces you will." And I think that's probably the same sentiment of what you're expressing there. <laughs> well, you know, for those who don't know, uh, you you are the master at understanding human habits and how they form and why. And that's particularly interesting in this day and age where we're inundated with so much information. And here we are at, at U Studio just trying to help people with the process, right? How can people better communicate with each other? How can they make connections? And, and you uncover a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to be honest, you know, this came out of a fascination that I had myself with my own problems. You know, a good writer friend told me that research is me search. And that is certainly true in, in my case. I mean, I, I wrote Hooked for two reasons. And, and the first reason was because I wanted to help business people out there, people who are creating products and services of all sorts, build the kind of products and services that people want to use. And so it, I didn't think it was very fair that it's just Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and WhatsApp and Slack that know these psychological tricks to keep you coming back. Why don't all of us use these techniques? Why can't we use them for good uh, to build healthy habits with our products and services? And then the second reason I wrote the book is because I saw that my behavior was changing sometimes at the hands of these products in ways that I didn't always like and I didn't always appreciate here we are, we're all in this medium of podcasting and we're fighting for people's attention, right? And we're trying to figure out ways, just like probably a lot of the apps that you work with. How do you get them to come back on a regular basis? How do you get them to fall in love with your product or your messaging? How does all this, your knowledge of all this relate to podcasting as a medium? Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the, the podcasting explosion that we've seen over the past few years can really be explained with the same model that I use as the backbone of my book, Hooked, which explains all sorts of habit-forming products from Facebook to Instagram to WhatsApp to Slack. I mean, you think it, Amazon, Google, YouTube, all of these products, one after the other, all have within the design experience, they have what's called a hook. And a hook is this experience designed to connect the user's problem with your product with enough frequency to form a habit. And so there's four basic steps to every hook. And this is, this is essentially the, the, the backbone of my book. I'm giving the 30-second the, the version here. But essentially, 
If you can master these four basic steps in order of a trigger, an action, a reward, and finally an investment, through successive cycles, through those four steps, this is how customer preferences are shaped, how our tastes are formed, and how these habits take hold. Here, I'll, I'll walk you through it real quick. So every hook starts with a trigger. It starts with an external trigger, and then there's also an internal trigger, which we'll get back to in a minute. So an external trigger is a ping, a ding, a notification, something that prompts you with some piece of information. So on Facebook, it might be a notification, it might be a, you know, an email from somebody, anything that prompts you to action. When it comes to podcasting, it's maybe a notification that a new episode has been posted. Then the action is defined as the simplest behavior done in anticipation of a reward. So one of the things that made podcasting such a phenomenon over the past several years is that the ability curve was moved you know, way to the right. There was this critical threshold crossed where when someone got into their car, it was all of a sudden easier to listen to a podcast than it was turning on the radio, everything changed. That's when podcasting flipped, when the software mm -hmm. and the tools that we use to listen to a podcast was easier than turning on the radio. And that's all about this ability phase of the hook model. Then came the variable reward phase. This is the third step of the hook, the reward phase. And the reward phase is all about not only giving people what they want, but also a bit of variability, this uncertainty. And this comes from the classic work of B.F. Skinner. Uh, Skinner took these pigeons, he put them in a little, a little box, and he gave them a little disc to peck at. And every time they would peck at the disc, they would receive a little reward. And what Skinner observed was that when you give these animals a reward on a variable schedule as opposed to a fixed schedule, meaning you only gave them the reward you know, every other time or on a random schedule whenever they pecked at this disc, the pigeon would peck much more often. And the same thing occurs for all the products and services we use. It's what makes a video game interesting or what makes for a good book or a novel or a movie or what makes scrolling Facebook so something we love to do so much. It's all about these variable rewards. It's a bit of uncertainty, just like Skinner's pigeons. And so when it came to podcasting, if you could scratch my itch better so that when I turned on something to listen to, it wasn't, you know, more commercials and more, you know, junk I didn't want to listen to on the radio. Today, you can customize these podcasts to capture niche audiences that find your content more interesting than just something generic and boring. You can really tailor those variable rewards for them. And then finally, the investment phase is where you put something into the product that makes it better and better with you. So the more you can tailor it, customize it, add data, to, uh, 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 content, a following, any of these things make the product better and better with use. So what we see today with podcasting, for example, that very act of building a playlist where you say, these are the five podcasts I listen to on my way to work. That's what I listen to. That's a form of investment. People have put effort into the product which makes it better and better with use. Now, the interesting thing here is, remember I told you earlier about the internal triggers that we, I told you we'd come back later. Eventually, you don't even need those external triggers because people start associating the use of your product with these internal triggers. And this is what I want your readers or your listeners to remember, that everything your customer does, everything you do, every product you interact with, you do it for only one single solitary reason. And that reason is to modulate our mood. That's why we use every product and service. And so the, the, when you can attach to a particular internal trigger, to a negative emotional state, and your product provides a solution, if you're the salve to the itch, 
You become the thing that people use with little or no conscious thought. That's how you ultimately build a habit. So one of the things that podcasting can accomplish is changing the habits of delivery of information. And so for the longest time, people are accustomed to emails or a PowerPoint presentation. And and then people are kind of like, oh, man, I got to read this whole thing. I got to go through this. How do we change the habits of how people are going to use this medium to learn? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a great point. I mean, I think this is this is exactly why the medium is so powerful. I mean, it's it's no longer a question of, hmm, I wonder if podcasting is going to be a big deal. No, 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 that question is answered. It's done. It is a better way to consume certain types of content. Now, that doesn't mean that the last form of content necessarily dies. It just means that, you know, you've got different uh, tools in the shed that you can apply for your particular audience so that we're not limited to just white papers like we used to be a few years ago, we can we can transmit information in new and exciting ways that fit our users' needs better. I mean, think about it, right? The way we used to distribute business content through a white paper meant that you would have to, you know, typically print it out, sit at your desk, do nothing else, find time in your calendar to consume that information. Uh, you know, and, and substitute your, your, your archaic technology of choice there, right? Even if it's just through an email, that takes a lot more work then, hey, while I'm at the gym or while I'm between meetings or while I'm driving from place to place, I'm listening to content in my spare time. And you know what? All it takes me is two taps. That's all back to that, that the action phase of the hook. The easier something is to do, the more likely people are to do it. I mean, that is a fact of good design that we've known now for, for, for over 100 years. It's called Lewin's Equation that tells us this, that the easier something is to do, the less effortful something is to do, the more likely people are to do it. And so this explains uh, not only podcasting, but much of the personal technology revolution we've witnessed over this, uh, this past several years, this past decade or so, is really about this quantum shift in the ease of doing what people want to do. Near a lot of the people that we're talking to and are trying to reach their sales force. They have a global sales force. It could be tens of thousands of people all over. They're in and out of their cars. They're, we're trying to make that time more productive. But quite often, people don't want to change habits or do something new. What advice would you give to them to get the salespeople to get hooked, to tune in, to enjoy it? Okay, terrific question. And thankfully, it's easier than ever. And you start systematically, right? The problem to date is that We've always had this this shotgun approach. We'll do all these different things all at once, but that never happens. People need a systematic approach. And guess what? The systematic approach is to build a hook. What's your trigger? How do you make the action as easy as possible? What's the variable reward? And what's the investment? So let's walk through this. The trigger, how can you your podcast be in front of people when they need it most? What's their internal trigger, for example? So if you think that the internal trigger is let's say for a, a salesperson out there, it's fear of, of missing their quota, right? The, a salesperson is constantly thinking about quota, quota, quota. How can you satisfy that itch? Well, guess what? A podcast is this little bit, is this something that people can do that helps satiate that fear. Wow, I'm upgrading my skills. Here's a new idea. Here's a new angle. Here's the latest from the company. That can satiate my pain point right there. When I'm, when I'm feeling that itch of, oh, how do I close another sale? I listen to the podcast. Then the action, how do you make it as easy as possible 
to start consuming his content. The reason that people, you know, that salespeople always groan and moan about more sales literature is because it's boring and it's long and it's hard to consume. Well, what could be easier than listening to an entertaining podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you make that as easy as possible? You know, you get it on their phones, you make it something that they can listen to with just one tap on their, on their device. And then the variable reward, and this is where creating good content matters. I mean, if you have somebody droning on blah, 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 blah on your podcast, it's going to be super boring and not rewarding. So you've got to make it entertaining. You've got to make it content that people enjoy. Now, the good thing is that you can be super niche about that, right? You can cater to an audience of a few hundred people, maybe even a, a few dozen people. It doesn't need to be something as popular as, you know, the top 10 podcasts in the world. It needs to be something that scratches the itch of the target audience that you are speaking to. And then finally, investment. How can you get people to invest in the, in, into the podcast? Well, there's a bunch of things you can do that you have an advantage to do over the big guys. For example, one way to get people to invest in something like a podcast is get them on the podcast, right? Make it about them. Get them to invest by actually being your guest. Talk to people in the field, get them on your show, make great content that in gets them to invest in the show so that they tell their friends and their fellow coworkers, hey, guess what? You've got to tune in. You know, yours truly is going to be talking to the host. That's one of the ways we get them to invest. No, I like that. I like that because, you know, quite often you hear the high level people talking back and forth. And sometimes the person tuning in, they just want to hear someone that's like them instead of just here, here, we're two experts and we're going to explain this to you. I kind of want to hear from that person who's just learning how to sell. That's absolutely right. You know, we are wired for story. You know, these hooks, I, I codified this hook model, but the biology, the psychology of these hooks is 200,000 years old. We've had this built into our DNA forever. We love stories. Why do we love stories? Because they are driven through these variable rewards. There's uncertainty, there's curiosity. That's what keeps us guessing. But most people still, I mean, if you produce great content, it should be interesting. It should entice. It should tell a story because we love stories. And you know what? Everybody has a story from your most junior salesperson to you know the CEO. Everybody has a story that through the power of this type of content, you can stitch together and edit together in a way that becomes very, very engaging. So here's something we've, we've run into with, with people who want to start a, a, a corporate or business podcast. It's getting over that hurdle of starting, which is probably true of any good habit, like taking up running or going to the gym. We keep telling them, just start. You just have to start. It's one foot in front of the other. You do one episode, then you do two, and it's a work in progress. So what would you say to them as far as forming this habit if you want to call it that, of starting this podcast and following through. Right. So most of my work, uh, I focus on the user, right? The person who is interacting with the product. But I will say that I can, I can also generalize some of my research into, uh, you know, this kind of behavior you might want to create for yourself. The, the, the answer is to make it as easy as possible. Uh, so let me tell you how I got into podcasting. I don't like to listen or to create the format where two people uh, get together and do what we're doing right now. It's just hard for me, right? I can't think of the kind of questions that you can think of. And it's just not my, I'm not really an extrovert. I'm very much an introvert. I, it just doesn't come naturally for me. And I, I, I would dread doing it. Well, I tried to figure out uh, what I was doing already. 
And what I love to do is write articles. So instead of doing a whole new big, you know, to do around a podcast, I just hired someone to read my posts. And that's my podcast. <laughs> you don't even read them yourself. No, I tried that and that was too much work too. I had to try and make it, how can I make it as easy as possible to do? Because again, the easier you make something to do, the more likely people are to do it. And now I've got a podcast and it takes no extra effort from me. Back to starting something new and forming new habits. Is it fear that, that freezes us from beginning? Well, I, I think it's two things, right? One is that it's, it's hard to do something when you don't enjoy it. <laughs> and a big part of that lack of enjoyment has to do with this uh, psychological phenomenon that we call reactance. Reactance is this tendency that all of us have when we feel obliged to do something, when we feel like we're being controlled, when our autonomy is threatened, we rebel. So when our boss tells us, hey, why isn't that podcast up and running? Ugh, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> it takes all the fun out. Uh, you know, so, so that's a big part of it. When we feel we have to do something, this reactance rears its ugly head. And then the other thing is kind of what we talked about earlier. If we think something's going to be really, really hard, then of course we don't even start because it's effortful. So the, the idea here is to think of the simplest thing that you can do that is without effort, that's as easy as possible, maybe even something laughable, like what would happen if you did a 30-second podcast, mm -hmm. right? Or what happens if you cheated like I do and get someone else to read <laughs> something you've already written, right? That is effortless. And so I think that's really a big part of it is how can you make it as easy as possible to do and something that you freely want to do as opposed to feel like you have to do. I'll, I'll drop one more uh, idea here, and, that, and that's this idea of what I call the MIA, M-E-A, your MIA. MIA stands for minimum enjoyable action. So with starting any new routine or hopefully a habit, it's really about finding your Mia. Ask yourself, what's the simplest thing, the minimal thing that I could do that I also enjoy? And do that. You're just putting everyone at ease at like, just don't, we've talked about it, don't overthink it. Just do it, just get going. But make sure it's still enjoyable. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't advise, like it's not for everybody, you know, clearly. If there's nothing that you can think of that would be a little bit enjoyable, you really, you know, you should find somebody else to do it. <laughs> I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about your new project a little bit more. Disruption at the workplace. Let's talk about that. Do you think podcasting is just a digital distraction like you've talked about, or is there something inherently different about this medium? I think this touches on something that I talk about in, in Indistractable, my next book, which is about this myth around multitasking. You know, we've all been beaten to death uh, with this idea that we cannot multitask. And that's not really true. And the reason it's not really true is because we most certainly can multitask in a particular way. The way you multitask is to multi-channel. So it is true that you cannot have content or information entering your brain on the same channel at the same time. You can't listen to two podcasts at once and understand what both of them are saying. You can't do two math problems at once. It's very difficult to do. You can't watch two videos at once. It's almost impossible. You can't do that. But what you can do is get in information on different channels. And the way you do that is to mix and match these channels. So for example, when I'm in the gym, that's my podcast time. That's when I'm listening to audiobooks because while I'm physically working out, that's one channel, the tactile channel, my auditory channel is perfectly open and I can get this information and educate myself and entertain myself with podcasts and audiobooks. The same goes when you're driving in the car. 
You, you are perfectly capable of driving and listening and absorbing that information at the same time. So we most certainly can multitask and should multitask to get more out of our day if we do it on separate channels at a time. Hey, Nir, thank you so much for your time and knowledge. I mean, nirandfar.com, N-I-R and far, F-A-R.com. Get all that information. He was telling you he likes to write articles. He's not kidding. And there is a, a cool video on there that is a bit of a teaser for Indistractable. And what's an ETA on that new project? I know those take a long time. Yeah, early 2019, so just around the corner. Okay, okay. And then, of course, pick up a copy of Hooked by Nir Eyal. Great book. There's a lot of great tips in there. Maybe change some of your own habits, which I've already taken to heart. Very good stuff. Thank you, Nir. Thank you. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. 